Welcome to C-Suite Radio. What's up? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into the Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Happy Tuesday to you. I hope you enjoyed our interview with the amazing Earl Skakel. He was fantastic. If you have not had the opportunity to listen to that episode, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a listen. You will absolutely love it. It is fantastic. And also, something that I would like to draw your attention to in our show notes is Rate My Podcast. It's an opportunity opportunity for you to give us a kind rating and review where it's very easy very straightforward all you do is click the link and you can leave us a rating and a review it really does help and keeps the show going today we have the amazingly talented chris van Vliet. he is a canadian tv broadcasting personality he has a youtube channel and a podcast and really is just one of the top content creators today that is around he interviews celebrities like us like but he does like tom cruise and, and like the rock and We'll get there someday, but he was fantastic. And we really talked about the art of the interview, putting together a great show, setting goals for yourself, and how to really be the hardest and best worker in the room. I think you're going to enjoy this. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, head over to brettallenshow.com for all of the latest episodes as well. Give us a listen, give us a rating and review. And to everybody listening, we really do appreciate you. And I hope you enjoyed today's interview with the amazingly talented Chris Van Vliet. You're listening to The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Have you subscribed to this show yet? I've tried bribes. I've tried gifts. You should. It's absolutely free. I even sent him some pet oxen. Now back to the show with your host, Brett Allen. Idly hey. Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished. A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Chris, welcome into the podcast. It's great to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Brett. This is awesome. I wish I had a hat as cool as yours. I want my, <laughs> I want my initials on a hat. I know. Well, let's talk to your publicist uh, and get that done, Zach. Yes. Thanks let's to him, by the happen. way. Yeah, for setting this up. I'm excited about this conversation, and we were chatting about this beforehand because Chris is a celebrity interviewer, and we talked about this in the intro, but he also has a podcast, a YouTube channel, brand influencer. I mean, he he does what I do, but I feel on a much larger schedule scale. But I want to talk about this because I was doing research and going through all of your work. And you have something on your website that I find very fascinating that a lot of people don't like to talk about. It says vague goals uh, get vague results. I want to talk about that. I think that's a great way to start this because for anybody who's listening that is a content creator or a podcaster or whatever, you have to have clear goals about what you do because you didn't get to where you were, obviously, without setting some pretty clear goals, right? Yeah. And I think that a lot of people set goals for themselves, but you need to set goals where you can actually like know what you're like going after. Like, what are you trying to achieve here? And far too often people are like, oh, I want to lose some weight this year. Well, if you lose a pound this year, 
congratulations, you have lost some weight this year. And I think that, Brett, you see this a lot in content creation where people are like, I want to grow my following. I want to get more followers on Instagram, or I want to get more subscribers on YouTube. Well, again, if you get one or two more, you've gotten, you know, you've achieved your goal. So I think it's really important to be specific about the goals that you're chasing after. Because like you said, vague goals get vague results is the phrase that has changed my life. And, you know, this is coming from, I'm sure we'll get into this more, but like grew up in Canada. Yeah. And I think that the ceiling's pretty low in Canada when you want to get into broadcasting. And I decided pretty early on with my career, I'm going to work in the United States where there's more opportunities there. So started setting these pretty specific goals for myself early on in my career. And the cool thing is, you know, exactly what you're heading at. You've got an exact like bullseye because you've made those specific goals. One of the things that a lot of people do are, are putting vision boards together, which are great kind of like seeing I'm in sales. So I'm a firm believer in this. Like if you yeah. don't write your goals down or you're not specific about where you want to go in your sales career, it's going to be very difficult because it's such a broad field, if that makes any sense. Same oh, yeah. with entertainment and content creation. Obviously, you set some very specific goals. You grew up in Canada and you got bit by the broadcasting bug early on. You knew this was something that you wanted to do from the start, pretty much. Yeah, when I was four years old, that's when I like first really fell in love with broadcasting. I had a Fisher Price tape recorder and would pretend to be the radio host that I heard, you know, like on these little cassette tapes. And I mean, let's be honest, wanting to be a television host when you're a kid is like growing up and wanting to play, you know, in the NFL or the NHL, like there's not a ton of jobs out there. And I just decided, you know, long story short, that if I was gonna have to work for, you know, the rest of my life, that I wanted to at least try to do something I didn't hate doing every single day. And my goal was to like, if I could try to do this and succeed, amazing. If I tried to do this and failed, at least I could look back when I was 70 and went, well, I tried, didn't work out. Big deal. You know, I tried really hard. I love that. And I think one of the things that people run into when they get into this business of podcasting or content creating is that the results that you may or may not get, you, you might not see them right away, or you might not see them for a very long time. Like for you to go from being a four-year-old child to now, obviously there's a lot that happened in between there, but when you started doing this professionally, well, what, when would, when would you say that this became professional for you? Like when you started making money doing it and you were, I mean, that's how some people define it. Not that money's important, but like yeah. at what point did you go, okay, this is something that I'm doing now professionally. Like this is it for me. Nothing else is going to bid for my attention. Well, I appreciate that you call it the business of podcasting because it is. It really this is. It's a business. It's a business. And it's okay, though, if you want to start a podcast because you like chatting with your friends and some sort of hobby for you. That's okay. But, you know, you're, be clear on those goals that this is just something you're doing with your friends to pass some time. So I think for me, there was like this marriage of broadcasting and then into this new medium of podcasting and content creation and YouTube. And I, I started my career in radio and I started my career because I basically, I had that epiphany I was telling you about. I had to work for the rest of my life. I had this epiphany where I'm like, well, if I'm going to have to work for the rest of my life, I'm going to try to do my best to not hate it, you know, not hate going to work every day. So 
I reached out to every radio station, every TV station in my college town and basically said, I'm super passionate about broadcasting. Can I come in and see how it's done in the real world? And radio station brought me in as part of their street team. TV station brought me in and like, I was like volunteering behind the scenes. And then this other radio station said, how would you like a job? We don't think I'm volunteers, but how would you like a job? And I was like, yes. I was able to work as a board operator behind the scenes of uh, like a news talk radio station. So that's when my broadcasting career really started. And then I think if we fast forward a few years from there, I was interviewing a lot of celebrities and the way that the broadcasting model is set up is unless you were watching TV at that exact time, you know, at 6.17, unless you were watching channel 19 at 6.17 PM, you would never see this segment. So I started taking the raw versions of these interviews and putting them on my YouTube channel simply as a place for like other fans to like go and watch these interviews. And that's when it really just started. I was like, I'm going to put them on there. Other people can appreciate them. And then a friend of mine said, you know, YouTube does this thing called Google AdSense. You can make money off of them. I went, what? So yeah, yeah, you can like put ads on those videos and make money. And that was when things really shifted for me. That was like 2012, I think. And I went, oh, I mean, it was not a lot of money by any means, but the ability to make a few hundred bucks a month was like money I was not getting otherwise. You got in on the YouTube game early then pretty much before like it became this thing. We're in this age right now that I feel is that the content is readily available to anybody that wants to do something, right? Like, yeah, yeah. we talked about this jokingly. Let's talk about podcasting specifically because sure. literally anybody can start a podcast. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah. All you have to do is just do a little bit of research and invest in some equipment. Like, you and I are clearly using high-end equipment, microphones, you know, that's a big chunk of change for somebody to invest in. Sure. But you, it's still, it's a business. Like you have to treat it that way, whether you're making a little bit of money or a lot of, a lot of money. But it seems like during the pandemic, a lot of podcasters popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. Like everybody had time on their hands. And so there was this, oh no moment, I think for a lot of people where they're like, well, I'm not making money traveling here. And reviewing this hotel or this restaurant. And people thought, well, it's not going to last very long. Fast forward 15 months later, we're just now starting to come out of it. Let's talk about that because a lot of celebrities started podcasting and then there was like this burnout for whatever reason the case might be. I don't want to get specific because I did share with you a little bit about somebody that I had on that kind of experienced this, but what, what do you think happened? Like, did they maybe people don't realize the work that goes into it or because obviously if you don't have a team like a Joe Rogan or somebody to kind of help move things along and you have to do it on your own. Now there's a lot of podcasts that got started that we may never hear anything about ever again, which is okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I always say the best thing about podcasting is anyone can do it. Yeah. And the worst thing about podcasting is anyone can do it. And you know, it's this whole idea of like a needle in a haystack. And I think that, Look, I think a lot of podcasts, whether you're a celebrity or not, I think people are realizing this is way more work than I expected. And, you know, if you don't love every process, and you know this, Brett, from having a successful podcast, if you don't love every step of the process, from booking the guests to researching the interviews, to recording the interviews, to 
editing the interviews to actually publishing it. If you don't love every step, you should stop right now because every step is equally as important as the last step is. And I think that a lot of celebrities come into this game with millions of Instagram followers or millions of Twitter followers and go, great, built-in audience of millions of people. Well, that's not how this works. You know, just because you have 2 million people who follow you on Instagram doesn't mean that, boom, snap your fingers, you've got 2 million listeners of your podcast. And I think that people, <laughs> no, right. And I think that people go, oh, wow, we put all that time and all that effort and all this work into it and only got a few thousand downloads, maybe. And I think that uh, it's a lot more work than I think a lot of people ever give it credit for. I think that's it, really. I was just curious to hear your perspective on that because you do both. You do YouTube, you do podcasting. You've obviously I see those statues behind you. You've won just a couple Emmys there. And uh, but that does not come without hard work. Right. And sure. it's not like you just overnight became this individual where you're sitting down and interviewing people like The Rock or whoever. I mean, you've. I was going through your list. You've interviewed a lot of amazing people and you've done the podcast. You've done the YouTube. My question would be, and this is just coming from a pure technical perspective. So we're going to get nitty gritty here. For all my podcast listeners, how do you find the balance between doing both? Do you think that you have to do both as a podcaster? You're missing out if you're not doing video. I mean, what is your personal perspective, Chris, on on this? Because it's a question that gets asked a lot. I kind of did it backwards. So I had a YouTube channel first and was really hesitant to start a podcast because... I thought it was going to take away, you know, the views from my YouTube and YouTube, you know, was making money. You've got the built in ads with AdSense. And when I first started my podcast, there was no money. I didn't have any ads or anything like that. So I was thinking to myself, why am I going to make this available for someone to listen to if I could make money if they were watching this on my YouTube channel? Then I realized that they are two completely different audiences. So to answer your question, I think it is important to do both because I think that you're hitting in on two different audiences. The person who listens to your podcast, whether it's 45 minutes, an hour or longer, they're usually doing something. They're walking the dog, they're working out, they're driving to work or driving from work. And I think that someone that's going to watch this on YouTube is in a very different mindset. And you know, if I go way back to my communication studies degree, the medium is the message is what Marshall McLuhan would always say. And it's true. It could be the exact same interview, like this one that we're having right now, but you got a very different feel if you're listening to it as a podcast or you're watching it as a YouTube channel. So I think it's important to cast the widest net possible, put it on YouTube, put it on Facebook, put it on, put clips on Twitter, put clips on Instagram, cast out the widest net possible. And hopefully more people can find you that way. This idea, you know, if you build it, they will come is true. I think it's a long game, essentially. Super long game. Yeah. Yes. And I did help a certain celebrity start their podcast. They reached out to me on Instagram. I I was surprised that they did. I had had them on my show and they're a fashion influencer and they wanted to start this show. And of course, you know, they have like 500 bajillion followers. They're verified. They have all this engagement happening on Instagram. But when they started their podcast and like they're five, six, seven, eight episodes deep and they're realizing only like four people listened. It's a yeah. it's a culture shock because you can't aggregate the data the same way that you can on Instagram. Now, you take somebody like Joe Rogan or one of these massive podcasters who 
is successful and like garners these massive deals from people like Spotify, it's different because they've been doing stuff for a very long time and then they get onto podcast one or whatever. And now they're starting to, to have a little bit of success. But I think even for him, probably initially, you know, when he started podcasting, it wasn't, I don't know if it was necessarily the same mindset, if that makes any sense, but really oh, yeah. there, you know, maybe it wasn't such a huge fast start for them. It takes a lot of work, right. To just, and the other thing is you have to put out the best work possible. Well, look, nobody was listening to episode 16 of the Joe Rogan experience. No. And at the same time, no one was listening to episode 316 of the Joe Rogan experience. So he just kind of kept doing it. He was enjoying doing it. He was early on just basically hanging out with his buddies. And I think that people don't realize that this is very much a long game. If you're going to do two episodes a week, two years in, you're only going to be 200 episodes in. And that's that's with a lot of work. Two episodes a week is not no easy task, especially if you're booking guests. So I think that if you get into it and you appreciate it and you love it, and like I said, love every step of it, do it. And if you happen to make some money on the side, great. But if you go into this thinking you're going to be the next Dak Shepard or the next Joe Rogan, <laughs> not going to happen. No, it's hard too because this whole idea of imposter syndrome comes into play. Sure when you're doing this because you get some really good people on your show and you think, Oh, this person's going to be a ringer, but really it might be one of the poorest performing episodes yeah. that you have. How do you define success, Chris, out of all the things that you've done? Let's fast forward to now. We've talked a little bit of shop. How do you define success for you individually as a podcaster, TV personality, like, what does that mean to you? That's a great question. And I think for me, it's like looking at every single day as like a new day. Like for me, I want to be able to be excited for what I'm going to do that day. And then at the end of the day, be able to look back and be proud of the work that I've accomplished. And then it starts all over again the next day. And while I think it's important to have specific goals for the week, the month, the year, the decade, I think it's so important to live each moment as it's coming to you and appreciate like being present and appreciating as, as it's happening. You've, you, you've kind of set personal goals for yourself. You've achieved them, whether it's monetarily, you talk to a lot of celebrities, a lot of people on a regular basis. How do you keep yourself from getting into that mentality or rut? I guess would be the best way of just cranking one out, cranking another one out. Like how do you keep your interviews honest and sincere. Obviously if someone's plugging something, yeah, that's one thing, but you are known and I've known you for keeping them. I don't know. There's something different about what you do when you talk to people to get them to talk about things that they might not normally discuss. Like how do you keep the interview honest and pure, especially when you're talking to some of these big name celebrities? I think I realized early on that like when you call it an interview, it kind of like psychs everybody out. Like yeah. both you as the interviewer and also the interviewee. So I just like, and sometimes we like think of it as like, you know, it's an interview with a capital I, like it's this big, scary word. And I started thinking of them as just conversations. You know, if you and I, Brett, were to go out for a beer tonight, we would just, the conversation would just flow like it is right now. And I think that early on, a lot of interviewers really get in their head about it. And they're like, okay, I'm going to start off asking this. And then when he says this, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to ask this. And it's like, well, no, like you've already lost because you need to be present in that moment and listening. Larry King says, 
I never learned anything by talking. And it's such a great quote, you know, from one of the all-time greats, may he rest in peace. But it's so true that if you're talking, how could you possibly learn anything? So I go into every conversation going, I'm fascinated by this person. I'm fascinated by this person and the career they've built or the life they've built. And I want to selfishly take some of their little insights and apply them to my own life. The idea of success leaving clues, I think, is very oh, yeah. true because I we all want to be successful at this. Like we want to be the best. But if you're not paying attention to what other people are doing for a podcaster listening or a content creator listening who wants to have a successful show, quote unquote, I think you set that example very well because you've obviously learned from your mistakes, but you also know how to sort of pivot and make things the best way that you possibly can. Looking back at everything that you've done, you obviously had a very specific path. Would there have been anything that you would have done differently or maybe some advice that you got that you should have listened to or anything along the lines in your career that you might go, hey, if I would done this, things might be this way? Or would they have just stayed the same regardless? Well, I think that we're in the position that we're in in all of our lives because, you know, it's a accumulation of all the decisions that we've made. So, you know, I think you go down a deep rabbit hole when you start going, oh, what if I did this? And what if I did that? But I do wish I'd started my podcast earlier. I mean, my podcast just turned two like a week ago. Okay. And I think to myself, like Joe Rogan started, what was that, 12 years ago, I think, in 2009. I look at some of my other favorite podcasts, like Tim Ferriss started in, I think, 2015. And Lewis Howes in the School of Greatness is like eight or nine years old. And I think to myself, how good would it have been if I had started this in 2011 or 12 and had all this time to ramp up? And then we'd be sitting here now 10 years later with 10 years of podcasting experience. But with that said, you can't go back and change anything. All you can do is live in the moment that you have in front of you right now and try to learn from that. So I'm like 220 something episodes into my show and learning so much. Like I look back at the you know first handful of episodes and I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> not like these are these are not good podcasts. And that was coming from someone who had actual experience in broadcasting. And I'm just like, well, if if I can keep getting just a little bit better every single time, I think that the show will just continue to get better. Right. I, I agree with you. You have to be open to feedback from your peers. You have to be open to learning, right? Because I think that's what makes us better human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like The Rock said to me something in one of my interviews that I'll never forget. Like, think about this. The Rock's goal was to play in the NFL. The Rock did not accomplish that goal. The Rock got cut from the CFL. And a lot of people could have gone, well, you know, I, I played uh, university football. I played at the University of Miami. Decent career. We'll figure it out from there. Instead, he carved a whole new path for himself. And he said to me in that interview that sometimes the best things in life are the things that don't happen. You know, sometimes you have this thing laid out before you that you think it's going to go this way. And like The Rock wanting to play in the NFL doesn't happen. And you kind of go, huh, well, life's throwing me a curveball. Let's sit on it and figure it out. I love that, man. Just a lot of sage advice and a lot of good practical content that we can apply to our listeners. One last question, Chris. I mean, just kind of everything that you've done is, I think is great. Now for somebody listening who is on the cusp of starting something or 
maybe pod faded, as they say, you know, sure. they did like 12 episodes and now they're like, well, this is too much work. Screw this, you know, because they're not getting the results that they have. What is one piece of advice that you could give our listeners to those folks who maybe need that extra push to get to the next level? I think if you're thinking of starting a podcast, start it. Like that is the most important thing is you actually need to hit record and do this thing because your, your podcast is not going to ever get listened to if you don't ever record it. So, and, and that's why my hat's off to you. I'm not wearing a hat, but my hat is off to you, Brett, because <laughs> you're doing this and you're consistent with it, which is why you have a great listenership. And I think that there's too many people that think about it and talk about it and dream about it and never actually do it. And you don't need to buy fancy equipment. It helps. Absolutely. Perception is reality. And the better it sounds, the better people will think it is. But we all walk around with a supercomputer in our pocket, literally just hit record on there yeah. and go. And you know nobody's going to listen to your first five to 10 to 25 to 50 episodes anyway. So just get it out there <laughs> and start going. Go for good enough is what people used to tell me. You, I'm sure you're familiar with Jordan Harbinger and all these guys that have these great shows. Yeah. And they would always say, just do it. And yeah, nobody's going to listen. Maybe even the first 100 episodes. Yeah, seriously. Like maybe eventually, like if you put something out and they find out about you and then they listen. But really, it's just about consistency. It's about honesty and your craft and setting very specific goals, I think, are some of the big takeaways and, you know, find people that you can model yourself after and, and see what they're doing, what's making them successful and start with the small things, scaling the small things, right. And then work your way up to, you know, maybe investing in a fancy microphone or great lighting. But if you have a cell phone, I mean, my God, literally like, and there's so many streaming platforms today. Oh, it's yeah. insane. And I think this pandemic taught us, you know, that anything's possible, literally, like to do if you have the time and really the mindset to do it. Yeah. And I, I love what you said there about success leaving clues and modeling. And I think that that's so important. Find someone who's doing the thing that you want to do. And number one, that means that you can also do it if somebody else has accomplished it. But number two, reverse engineer from where they are back to where you are now. Maybe they're at step 61 and you're at step one. Figure out what step 60, 59, 58, all the way back to where you are. And then you can figure it out. And I think when it comes to podcasting, set some really simple, basic goals. Recording one episode, boom, make it happen. Get it out there have 10 listeners, have 30 listeners, have 100 listeners, and then just keep celebrating those little wins along the way. I love it. Chris, if people want to connect with you on social media or watch some of these crazy interviews with some of the people that you've had, it inspires me. Uh, how can they do so? Thank you so much for having me on, Brad. This is a great conversation. And wherever people are listening to this right now, you can listen to my podcast, Insight with Chris Van Vliet. And on Instagram, social media, everywhere, it's just my name, at Chris Van Vliet, V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T. That's it. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.